From Murphy to Mancio, extraordinary athletes, coaches, administrators, and contributors have impacted the North Carolina sports landscape. For some, their talents left an indelible mark. So much so, they are enshrined in the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. It's time to chat with one of those Hall of Famers who dared to be as tall and stately as our Longleaf Pines. Here is your host of 15 Minutes of Fame, Chris Edwards. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fame. I'm Chris Edwards. Today on the podcast, a conversation with Rod Brindamore. We talk with Rod about his hockey journey that began growing up in Ottawa, being drafted by the St. Louis Blues in the 1988 NHL draft, then his journey to Philadelphia, representing Canada in the Olympics, and eventually coming to Carolina, where he and the Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup, and now his place as the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. We talk about all that and more with the 2016 North Carolina Sports Hall of Famer, Rod Brendamore. Rod, thank you so much for the time and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, let me start here. You grew up in Ottawa, obviously hockey, huge in Canada. But for you, can you pinpoint where your love of hockey started? Well, like most kids in Canada, I actually uh, in Ottawa, but moved out west. So I was born or raised in Vancouver Island. And, but like, you know, everybody in Canada plays hockey as a kid. You just did. I actually quit hockey. I started high, but I quit. And realized I had no friends because they were all playing. So I got back into it at like seven or eight and then obviously played, you know, kept playing. But um, it's just it's kind of what everyone does. You know, it's, it's the sport everyone watches and it's uh, it's ingrained in you at a, at a young age. That's for sure. When you started back playing, was there was there a time when you realized, hey, I'm pretty good and maybe I've got a future playing hockey? Uh, I think. Well, yeah, I think around probably 13 or 14, you know, you start realizing that you know you're on good teams you're winning and you're one of the better players but i was never like the, the standout player i was never the guy that scored you know five goals a game or anything like that i just think i was always just you know one of the better ones and i think i'm real fortunate just to have I had real good coaching my whole life my dad actually coached me for till i was about 15 and um you know and then as i moved in, in ages and went to college, everything. I just had really good coaches and people that kind of helped you along the way to teach you the game. And I think that was a real big thing for me is just understanding how to play. And um, obviously, it worked out. I'm going to skip over a lot here because we only have 15 minutes, but you were drafted by the Blues in the first round, ninth overall in the 1988 NHL entry draft. What do you remember about draft day? I, was, I have a good story about it. I mean, it's, I came out of a I went to a kind of a prep school in, in, in Notre Dame, not the Notre Dame College that people would know, but it was a prep school called Notre Dame. It's in Saskatchewan. It's in Canada in the prairies. I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. And so I kind of played it kind of off the radar. And so I wasn't really highly like talked about. And when I went to the draft, they have all the first rounders, as you see when you watch, you know, TV, the draft, everyone knows where the camera knows where all those players are because they're going to get picked. They're going to come walking up on the stage or whatever. And, you know, I was ninth overall, but they had me projected way later. So I had a seat actually behind the, the, the stage. Like, and so when they call my name, it's funny. I had to walk. It took like five minutes to get up to the stage because I was so far, you know, behind everything and no one expected me to go that high, but, uh, it was a uh, you know an interesting time. It's it's uh, drafting the NHL. You're 18, so I was actually still 17. So you're you're a young kid at that point, and you're not really sure you know where it's all going to go from there. 
Well, it turned out to be okay. You made your NHL debut the next year with St. Louis. Game five of the division series against Minnesota. That's a heck of a time to make your NHL debut during the playoffs. It was exciting. It was, uh, and I, you know, coming into it, you know, a new team, you're a young kid. I just finished one year at Michigan State and came right then. So, like, I was I was 18 at the time, and you know, you're coming into a league in the NHL with all these, you know, pros and older older men and get thrust right in there and you know and lucked out you know opportunity you, you hear a lot about that but you got to make good and I just got fortunate my my first game I scored my first shot and then that lets you that gives you another game you know and then I scored on my second shot in that game and so then everyone thinks you're a player even though it was probably just luck you're now kind of, you know, ingrained in there and got got off to a, a real good start. You were traded to Philadelphia just before that 91-92 season, played in 484 straight games with the Flyers. What was the key for you to be able to play on a night-in, night-out basis for almost 500 straight games? Yeah, fortune, really. Just I think a lot of it is, you know, obviously you take care of yourself and you do those things, but just luck, you know, and just this, the reason I missed my the, – the, you know, my four, what was it? 484. Yeah. He said why I didn't play 45 was bad luck. He just took a, you know, a shot off the, the foot and broke my foot, you know, then, okay, there's no way you can, you know, play the 485. Right. So it's one of those things. I think, uh, you know, some guys, you know, have luck on that thing. And some guys are prone more to injury and this and that. But I think at the end of the day, you really got to have good fortune. Uh, everybody talks about your, your work ethic and the way that you work out and take care of yourself. Where did that work ethic come from, Rod? You know, I learned one of the things I was gifted with, I think, is just really that understanding at a young age where when I say 12, maybe even like I wanted to play in the NHL and I knew that I had to do something different than the kid next door. Like we're on the same team and we're going and we're doing the same practices and we're getting the same amount of ice time. We're just, well, how am I going to get better than that guy? So it was like, you know, well, I got to do something. So like my dad, I remember bought me, you know, a weight set stuck in the basement, one of those cheap back in the day, you know, sand weight things and plastic and, you know, but I, you know, I just, every morning when he went to work, he was a pipe fitter and I knew I didn't want that job. And he went out at six in the morning. And so I heard his car crank up and then that would be me and get up and I'd start just a little workout and do the same workout after school. So I was kind of getting two little workouts in every day from like 12 years old. And, and I just, it was just knowing you had to do more than, you know, learning that kind of ideal that you can't just do what the next guy's doing because you're, you're not going to get any better than him. So that was kind of put in me at a young age. And I kind of always kept that. Uh, you represented Canada at the Winter Olympics in Nagato in 1998. How much pride did you take in being able to represent your country in the Olympic Games? Olympics were a great experience. Um, so fortunate, again, to be able to do that, get to play with, you know, I got to play with Wayne Gretzky. I got to actually room with him. Um, got just tremendous, you know, amount of memories with all the other players. and The whole environment, you know, it was the first year that they actually allowed pro athletes to play in that. So the NHL guys were there and, you know, we actually lost. Uh, it was really heartbreaking, really, to you know, shoot out to Czechoslovakia. And, you know, that, that that was tough. But the memories and, you know, this experience of being with those guys uh, was real special. Circling back to your NHL career now, you were acquired by the Hurricanes in January of 2000. Can you take me through finding out you're coming to Carolina and you're going to be part of an organization that was really just getting going? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting time, you know, 
I got traded. I was with the Flyers, and we were on a one-day game to Pittsburgh. So I had one suit and one little overnight bag. And you know, on the day of the game, I get the phone call. Okay, you got to get on a plane. You're going to to Raleigh. You're now with the Hurricanes, and and you know, it's a shock, right? You know, and it, even Dad insult there was <laughs> at the time. That's how I felt. Like you know, when you get traded, it's a real it's tough, but uh, I got here, like I said, I had one suit and an overnight bag. I was supposed to fly back to Philadelphia to get all my stuff after playing a game in Raleigh, and then we got snowed in. We had the snowstorm of the century, and I got stuck in the, the Crabtree Marriott there or wherever for two weeks in, in, with one suit and an overnight bag <laughs> while the city got shut down. So I was, uh, it was an interesting introduction to to North Carolina, that's for sure. Uh, you were the team captain when the Hurricanes and you guys won the Stanley Cup in 2006. Take me back through that season, and now as you reflect back on it all these years later, what moments, what memories stand out to you? Oh, so many. Um, try to summarize it. It's all about the people you're with. Yeah. You know, it's all about the teammates. We had such a great group and a lot of veteran players that hadn't won. And just, you know, when you all come together together, for one common goal and it's it's amazing what kind of power that kind of generates and i thought felt like that was the reason we won it wasn't that we were that much talented more talented than any other team it's just you have that will to win and you know we had a bunch of guys like that so the friendships that you forge you know will last forever and um i'm very grateful for that that group you retired in 2010 playing what made you decide that you wanted to go into coaching once you finished playing uh, well, I, I actually didn't want to get into coaching. I kind of had done, you know, for 22 years playing in the NHL, you know, I'd done that everyday routine when coaching is just the same. It's actually more because the hours are twice as long. Um, but so I actually wanted to get more into management. And at the time, uh, when I, when I stopped playing, they kind of just, they, they put me into a development role, which was fine. And then they asked me to coach and I kind of didn't really want to do it, but you know, I wanted to get involved. I wanted to stay involved in the game. And then it just kind of grew and grew and um, to a point where, you know, if you're not playing, the next best thing is coaching because you're, you're still in the fight with the guys. You just, you know, you don't take the bumps and bruises. Uh, as an assistant and I was the head coach, how did you start to develop what your coaching philosophy was going to be? Well, you kind of get, you got to be you. I always say that, you know, take all the experiences you've had, you know, as a player being coached by other coaches, you take kind of all of it. And, and then at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're putting a plan together that you think, you know, what you believe. And for me, because I'm a you know former player, I always think like a player. That's just kind of where I come from. So I remember, you know, when any game plan, the systems that we try to create and, and do is like, I, what I thought as a player would work best. And, and then, like I said, most of the, the experience that you had from other coaches who coached you, the good and the bad, you take the good and you make sure the bad doesn't come into kind of what what you're trying to do. But as someone who didn't want to coach, now the head coach of the Hurricanes, I, I imagine that the, the mindset flipped for you at some point and you kind of enjoyed the coaching aspect, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, I love working with the players yeah. and getting the relationship. And I've been real fortunate. You know, I was assistant coach for seven years here. I had a great relationship with all the players. Assistant coaches have even better relationships because they're they're kind of the the good cop, and you know they very rarely are the bad cop. If you know what I mean, the head coach is the guy that has to kind of lay the law down. So I had great relationship with all the players, and then when I became a head coach. I, it's I, you know you couldn't suddenly 
be a bad cop. So I think I, I had a real good, uh, you, know, you know, rapport with the players. And, um, and now that I've been doing it, you know, especially with this group, I just feel like we're just, just a real special group and it's fun to be around. So it makes it easy to want to keep doing it. Uh, a couple thoughts and I'll let you go. You mentioned how special this group is. I'm just curious in your mind how special Raleigh has become for you and yeah. your family because you've been here for so long and the way this community has embraced the Hurricanes. Well, it's it's home, right? Like, uh, it's – I mean, I had plenty of opportunities when I was a player to leave. Um, you know, I didn't even test free agency because I, I this is where I raised my family and met my wife here and her family's from here and, you know, we spend 24 hours a day, 365 days a year in, in this state, right? Whether we're at the beach, whether we're, you know, wherever, it's just, it's home. And, um, and so it's it's special that way. And then obviously with the team, I've been here now, I guess it's 23 years. And you're, it's just who you are. It's part of what we're all about. And we've seen it grow, right? From the day when I got here, we just moved to the to Raleigh. They were playing in Greensboro my first, the first two years that I wasn't here, but you know, you just see it growing from then to now to what we have. Um, I think it's this real special community feel with this team because we're part of the, the community, and I think the, that shows in how we play and the support we get from the from the fans. I'll let you go. With this thought: you've been so successful on and off the ice. For, for someone who just wants to be successful in life, Rod, what's the biggest key you think to being a successful person? Well. Well, I mean, there's a million things, but if I had to sum it up, it'd just be consistency. I think if you're consistent in everything you do, you know, on a daily basis, whether it's your relationships, if you're consistent with people there, you know, they're going to respect you. You're going to have a good relationship. If you're consistent with your daily routines, you're going to have, uh, I think, be on track. And I think that's the, the key to, to life really is just, you know, the more and you got to be accountable, but it's all about, consistency so that's that's kind of a, a big deal for for me and big deal with uh with the hurricanes rod thanks so much for doing this i appreciate all you do for the hall of fame oh thank you thanks for having me thanks to rod brindamore for his time on the podcast today and thanks as always to you for joining us we'll talk to you next time on 15 minutes of fame for the north carolina sports hall of fame i'm chris edwards